your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 491 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. That song you were hearing right now is, of course, Leave the Lights On from our good friends in Pacifier. You can check those guys out anywhere you get your music. And I just wanted to thank everyone for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. And the Rangers, it's Saturday morning as I'm recording this here. So the Rangers, uh, about... 12, 15 hours removed from a 2-1 to one road victory against the Buffalo Sabres. It's a game that's a little bit difficult to assess and uh, kind of hard to know exactly how to feel about it because I think for the most part in this game, the Rangers more or less dominated the play. You know, we talk about the concept on here sometimes of the rink being tilted in one team's favor or the other. That was definitely the case for the vast majority of this game. Certainly most of the first two periods, uh, the Rangers just had sustained, consistent pressure on Buffalo's side of the ice. They had multiple opportunities to increase their lead to 3 nothing, and I'm not going to say that would have put the game away, but certainly at that point, you know, you're, you're going up against a struggling team. You're up 3 to nothing. Buffalo's really having a tough time scoring goals. Alex Georgiev had his A game in this one. More on that in a second as well, but at that point, you're certainly liking your chances. Uh, unfortunately, you know, Buffalo gets one back near the end of the game and then appeared to tie it with 56 seconds left. I figure we might as well start there, kind of go to the big finish and, uh, the part about this game that probably has everybody talking more than anything else, and that is this dramatic finish. So as I said, you know, Buffalo ties the game with five minutes and change, or excuse me, they, they cut it to two to one with five minutes and change remaining, and then they appear to tie it. There's a play where the puck is put on net, it bounces off of Patrick Nemeth, and then kind of flutters into the net, and Georgiev is there, he's, he's kind of waving at it with his glove, and he knocks it down, and when the puck landed, it was either on or just in front of the goal line, so for a second, you know, I'm watching this, and I'm thinking, no, he kept that out, he kept that out, but then on the replay, you could see that the puck, you know, while it was still in the air, it clearly went across the goal line, so just like that, the Sabres tied the game at 2-2, or so we thought, because then there's a replay review to determine whether or not the Sabres were offside. And in fact, two players on the Sabres were close to being offside on this play. They ultimately ruled that it was offside. But now there's uh, some news, some breaking news here on Twitter that the NHL has told the Rangers and the Sabres that they incorrectly ruled that play offside. And I don't know. I mean, I would have to look at it again and, and go frame by frame and, and try to, you know, blow up the image and, and zoom in on it. It was close. It was really close. Like I said, there were two different players on the Sabres that were both either offside or very, 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 very close to being offside. But apparently, the NHL is now saying that they basically goofed and that this play should have been onside and that that goal subsequently should have stood for the Buffalo Sabres. And there's a lot of ways to look at this if you're a New York Ranger. First of all, I mean, just the fact that it even came to this. You know, you're up 2 to nothing. It's a game that, again, the Rangers have largely dominated. I think there were times in this game where it felt like their lead should have been bigger than it was. But I, I felt like, you know, toward the end of this game, the, past, the last 10 minutes, and maybe, I don't want to say the majority of the third period, but a good chunk of the third period, I thought the Rangers all of a sudden started getting outworked by the Buffalo Sabres. And I don't know if the Rangers just thought that they were home free, there's, there's no way the Sabres are going to come back and catch us, uh, whatever it might have been. 
But I thought, you know, toward the end of this game, even when there was just a one-goal lead for the Rangers, you know, I thought maybe that goal that made it 2-1 to one would be a little bit of a wake-up call. I thought there were just too many instances down the stretch in this game where the Rangers could not win a puck battle to save their life, which isn't like them this season. I think overall they've done pretty good winning those 50-50 pucks this season, and that's reflected in their record as well. But yeah, for one reason or another, it just felt like the Sabres, who are not a physical team, by the way, or at least they don't dish out a lot of hits. Uh, they only had one hit in this game after two periods, which is almost impossible. But yeah, the Rangers just getting outworked down the stretch and really kind of leaning on Igor, or yeah, force of habit there, leaning on Alex Georgiev to kind of um, shoulder the load and make sure that they came away here with two points. So, you know, it, it is what it is. They they kind of catch a break at the end here, especially when you consider that the NHL is now saying that it looks like that play was incorrectly ruled offside and that the goal should have stood. One other thing that always kind of amuses me in these situations uh, with, you know, calls being overturned in the manner that this call was overturned or, or the goal was overturned is that, you know, that goal was scored, the, the goal that would have tied the game with 56 seconds remaining. And then you go back and you look at it and you realize, okay, the Sabres were offside. So you almost have to like go back in time because after the goal was disallowed, there weren't 56 seconds remaining. There was a minute and 26 seconds to go because that's when the offside or disputed offside happened. And so you get a situation where the Sabres get an additional 30 seconds to play with there. Certainly it beats the alternative for the Rangers, that of course being that the game would have been tied. But yeah, that's just always kind of strange to me that you know, imagine if that play kept going and going and going, and then the Sabres tied the, the game with three seconds left, and then you go back and you're like, oh, they're offside, put a minute 26 back on the clock. It's just kind of a weird situation, and I think it's just kind of the way that it has to be. I don't really have a good solution to it one way or another uh, without, you know, reinventing the wheel here, but yeah, Rangers definitely, I mean, look, they, they, they got out of jail free in this game last night because that would have been a really rough loss. I'm big on how does a team respond to a difficult loss. And that's the situation the Rangers were in. They obviously did not play well against the Avalanche. And certainly there were a lot of factors working against them going into that game against Colorado. But you know what? I'm, I'm willing to give the Rangers the benefit of the doubt, losing 7-3 to the Avs. As long as they came back strong in the next game, I think for the most part, the Rangers did that. You just don't like the finish if you're a Ranger fan. And you don't like the fact that we basically had to get a lucky break to uh, hold off the Buffalo Sabres with a two-goal lead with less than six minutes to play. So yeah, a little bit of a mixed bag, but you know, you'll take the win. It is two points in the standings. That's what really counts. And the Rangers, once again, as they've done all season, finding a way to win the game that immediately follows uh, a bad loss, you know, a disappointing loss, a loss that's kind of lopsided. We saw that twice earlier this season when the Rangers were defeated by Calgary. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by DirecTV Stream. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle, and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part? There is no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. 
All right, just want to thank you guys for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. And I briefly mentioned Alex Georgiev a second ago, but we got to give him his due here before we go a second further. He comes up with 36 saves on 37 shots, and one of the bigger reasons why the Rangers won this game, I mean... Everything was going the way that the Rangers wanted through two periods, and then the Sabres really kind of hit the Jets in the third period. Georgiev was under tremendous fire, as we saw the game almost ended up being tied. Uh, But he really made a lot of nice saves in this game. There were a couple of uh, quick breaks out of nowhere for the Sabres, particularly in the third period. He would get his glove on it, knock it away. Uh, He made a really nice save on a redirection. There was, uh, there, this one specifically really caught my attention. This was toward the end of the first period. But Hino Stroza had a deflection in front of the net. This scoring opportunity really kind of came out of nowhere. And Georgiev slid to his left to make the stop. Uh, there was also an interesting play where, this is in the second period, Georgiev came out of his crease to come up and play the puck. The puck was kind of moving slowly into the Rangers zone. And he kind of got caught halfway. You know, he wanted to come out of his crease and go get it. Uh, but then he kind of stopped, and he eventually he eventually ended up going there, you know, following the play through, got to the puck, and just kind of swept it out of harm's way there. But, uh, you know, again, third period, another uh, really nice glove save against Ocposo. Ocposo was charging hard to the net on that one. Uh, the Sabres do get him for one goal with 523 remaining. Murray goes five-hole, but overall, again, a really strong night for Alex Yuryev. He continues to step up in the absence of Igor Shesterkin. And we'll see how this goes. I mean, maybe Alex Georgiev is with the Rangers all the way through to the end of the season. Maybe uh, this kind of restores everybody's confidence in him. And maybe he kind of reemerges as one of the better backups in the league. Uh, I did mention the other day the possibility of maybe trading Alex Georgiev simply because he is an impending restricted free agent. And I just get the feeling that the Rangers aren't going to spend big on the backup goalie situation. And one way or another, this could be Georgiev's final season with the New York Rangers. But you know, we'll see. We'll see how this goes. Obviously, he's playing well recently, and again, one of the biggest reasons why uh, the Rangers came away with the win last night. I also got to mention Mika Zibanejad breaking a very lengthy goal-scoring drought. I didn't realize it had been this long. I, I knew Mika had gone a while without scoring a goal. He had gone 14 games without a goal this season. He finally breaks that streak here against the Sabres on the power play. This is also now the sixth consecutive game in which the Rangers have scored at least one power play goal. So that's great to see as well. Uh, but nice to see Mika break through here. Uh, there's Obviously, the Rangers are on the Man advantage, as I was just discussing, and Panarin, he looks to make a pass. It goes off the skate of a Buffalo Sabre, goes straight to Mika Zibanejad, and Mika cleans up from the doorstep, gives the Rangers a one to nothing lead in the first period. And given the fact that there weren't really a ton of goals in this game, we might as well take you through the second goal as well. This one was scored by Alexi Lafreniere, and I thought this was a big play for the— I mean, well, first of all, it's a goal that makes the score 2 to nothing instead of one nothing, and it turns out to be the game-winning goal. So, of course, it's a big play. But even when it happened and we didn't know how the rest of this game was going to shake out, this felt like a huge goal for the Rangers because up to this point in the game, the Rangers had largely dominated. Like I said, I thought they spent just a ton of time on Buffalo's side of the ice. Buffalo didn't have a ton of scoring opportunities up to this point, but they were starting to get a little bit of a push. I would say from like four minutes into the second period, right up until this goal was scored, it was up to that point, the best stretch of the game for the Sabres. And this just kind of restored order for the Rangers and kind of got them back on track. Uh, So Lafreniere, he ends up scoring the goal. He also kind of started this play. He gets the puck in his own zone. Nice outlet pass to Philip Hedl. Hedl gains the blue line. 
leaves it for Adam Fox, and then Fox takes a shot from the point, but you can tell he's definitely shooting for a rebound here. There's no way Adam Fox thinks he's going to score on this unless, you know, you get a deflection or a crazy bounce or something like that. But uh, the save is made, but Lafreniere's there to clean it up. He buries the rebound 2 to nothing, and Lafreniere with the game-winning goal. And it's funny because, you know, there's... A lot of Ranger fans, and I would even include myself in this, you probably want to get a little bit more out of Alexi Lafreniere. I don't think it's unfair to say that at this point. You know, he came into the league with obviously all this hype and all this hoopla and the whole nine yards, and, you know, you're kind of waiting for him to really break out and really take off. But something that I do need to say uh, kind of in his defense here, if you look at the Rangers' stats, he's pretty high up there in goals. In fact, he is now tied for third on the team in goals. And if you think about the Rangers right now, and okay, who's got the most goals on this team? Everybody could probably figure out in about two seconds that it's got to be Chris Kreider, and indeed it is, all those deflection goals in front of the net. He leads the Rangers with 17 goals. In second for the Rangers, uh, this one may take you a little longer, but you can probably figure out that it's Artemi Panarin. Uh, Panarin's got nine goals and 23 assists. And you know you think of Panarin as kind of a pass-first guy and an assist machine and all that good stuff, but he is absolutely lethal with his shot as well. And of course, he's been on fire recently, so he's second on the team with nine goals. But then you think, okay, well, who's third? And you might think like, uh, well, Mika Zibanejad, but as we just discuss. He's gone a pretty long time without a goal, and he's only up to five this season. Uh, maybe Adam Fox is a name that comes to mind. He's also got five. Alexi Lafreniere, Jacob Truba, and Kevin Rooney are in a three-way tie with the third most goals on the New York Rangers with six apiece. And if you want to take this a step further to kind of illustrate my point that Lafreniere is really up there as far as goals being scored, uh, Truba and Rooney both have at least one empty net goal. And so as far as uh, non-empty net goals, Alexi Lafreniere is third on the team with six goals. Now, of course, he also only has two assists. He's got eight points in 26 games. I don't think it's unfair for Ranger fans to want a little bit more out of him, but it is nice to see uh, that third line of the Rangers starting to take off a little bit. You know, we saw Philip Hedl get a goal and an assist in the game against the Colorado Avalanche. Lafreniere also had an assist in that game. And then this one last night, you know, the Rangers only scored two goals, but Alexi Lafreniere gets a goal. Philip Hedl gets an assist. So slowly but surely, you know, maybe that third line's starting to uh, to spread its wings a little bit and uh, get going. And obviously a huge, huge goal here. Philip Hedl with the secondary assist, Adam Fox at the primary, and Alexi Lafreniere with the game-winning goal midway through the second period there. Uh, gave the Rangers a 2-0 lead at the time. And then, of course, they go on to hang on for the 2-1 victory. Uh, we will continue talking about this in just a second. But first... Just wanted to take a minute to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Built Bar. This holiday season, grab the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar or even better than a candy bar. Built Bar, filled with so much holiday goodness, rich with decadent flavor, covered in chocolate, but amazingly low in calories, sugar, net carbs, and fat, and high in protein. You get the best of both worlds, delicious and healthy. So many flavors, you'll have a hard time choosing. Raspberry or mint brownie, cherry or double chocolate, cookies and cream, or peanut butter brownie. Built Bar gives you that extra fuel you need to bust down those mall doors and battle all the holiday shoppers. You friends with Santa? Well, tell Santa to throw a few Built Bars into those stockings. With so many flavors, they'd make anyone's Christmas morning a happy one. Like some of those marshmallowy treats around the holidays? You need to get your hands on Built Bar Puffs. They're light, fluffy, and marshmallowy through and through. Different flavors, all covered in chocolate. Tastes so good, you won't believe that they're filled with protein. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and you will get 15% off your order. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. 
Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is also brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline has you covered all season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues the march to the playoffs. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Locked On to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, a couple other things I wanted to hit on real quick here before we call it a day. First of all, just kind of a fun fact for you guys. You probably noticed that the Rangers were somewhat strangely wearing blue on the road last night. That's very unusual, but I believe that's up to the home team. I think it's that way pretty much across the board in all sports as far as uh, who wears what color. So the Sabres wanted to go with their away whites at home, and that, of course, resulted in the Rangers going with their home blues on the road. But the last time the Rangers wore blue on the road was November 30th of 2019. The Rangers shut out the Devils 4 to nothing on that night, and Alex Georgiev was actually in net, and he got the shutout. So he almost accomplished the feat all over again in this game against the Sabres last night. A couple of New York Ranger transactions as well. Jared Tenorti sent to the AHL for conditioning. Adam Huska also sent down. And Keith and Cade called up on an emergency provision, I believe is, is the lingo for this. Uh, basically, yeah, emergency recall. And therefore, he will not have to be exposed to waivers if the Rangers eventually send him back down, which you got to figure they probably will send him back down once Igor Shesterkin is back. I suppose you could keep him around as a healthy scratch, depending on other moves that you might want to make, but I get the feeling they would want to keep uh, Keith Kincaid sharp and have him playing in some AHL games, uh, rather than just being a healthy scratch night in and night out for the Rangers. And another thing I want to talk about in this game, kind of a humorous moment in the third period. So Jeff Skinner puts a hit on Jacob Truba and then Ke'Andre Miller. You know, he's going to stand up for his defensive mate, you know, and he goes and gets Skinner as Skinner's heading back to the bench. I believe Miller was heading off the ice as well. Uh, so a little bit of a dust up there. But a couple of the Rangers were looking to jump onto the ice while this was happening. So you've got a situation where a bunch of the Rangers are making contact with Skinner. You know, Adam Fox is jumping onto the ice. He bumped into Skinner. I don't even think he did it on purpose. I think he was just trying to get onto the ice. But then, you know, there, there's obviously a lot of contact going on there as Skinner's trying to get by all the Rangers and, and get back to his bench. And... Somebody made contact with Skinner, and that somebody turned out to be Ryan Reeves, and then Skinner kind of took a swipe at him, and I think he did that without actually realizing that it was Ryan Reeves, and as soon as he realized it was Reeves, uh, he he was out of there. You know, he bolted back to his bench, and uh, Reeves came onto the bench and was just kind of, or came onto the ice, rather, and was just kind of looking at him, so just kind of a funny moment there. Um and then something else I got to mention, I just talked about Ke'Andre Miller a second ago. I thought he had an excellent night for the Rangers in this game against the Sabres after having a really, really tough time against the Colorado Avalanche. There were a couple of different plays. I mean, for starters, he put two different shots off the iron. He hit the crossbar in the first period, and then I believe it was in the second period, he put a shot off the post. That's another thing about this game. You know, I mentioned that the Rangers were up 2-0, felt like they could have and maybe even should have been up more than two goals. A big part of it is they hit at least three posts. So they could have feasibly been up five to nothing at a certain point in this game. Unfortunately, uh, they didn't get the bounces off the bars that they would have liked. But yeah, getting back to Ke'Andre Miller, he also had a big hit in this game, blocked three shots, just a steady, steady night by Ke'Andre Miller, and actually ended up being 
third on the Rangers as far as time on the ice is concerned. He had 21 minutes and eight seconds. Uh, Adam Fox, of course, led the way with 24.01, and Ryan Lindgren had 23.04. But a steady, steady night by K. Andre Miller. And this also leads me into something else that I wanted to talk about, and that is, you know, the play where it looked like the Sabres had tied the game. It hits off of Georgiev, it bounces off of Patrick Nemeth, it bounces into the net, and of course that goal ended up being overturned due to the offside. But just Patrick Nemeth being out there in general, look, I am not one of these Ranger fans that's going to kill Nemeth. I don't think he's been like god-awful this season or anything like that. I think he's just been like very, very average, you know, around average or so. But I do wonder if there's a little bit of an over-reliance on him in situations like this, because I just don't see why, if you're the Rangers, you're protecting a one-goal lead late in the game. I mean, roll with those top four defensemen, because I do think right now, from the top four Ranger defensemen down to, you know, the uh, the Nils Lundqvists and the Jared Tenortis and, of course, the Patrick Nemeth here, I do think there's a pretty far drop-off from the top four to those guys. So, you know, it seems like the Rangers in these situations like to put Shruba and Nemeth out there together. Those two are often out there together on the penalty kill, which I, I think that works. I think they're good on the PK together. Put the uh, veteran big guys out there. I think that works. But in this situation, like, I don't understand why you feel like Nemeth is a better option than Ke'Andre Miller. Just stick with the pairing that you've been rolling with all game and stick with the pairing that's played very well in this game, that being Jacob Truba and Ke'Andre Miller. And of course, Adam Fox and Ryan Lindgren are going to be out there as well. And I realize you got to roll all six defensemen. They all got to see the ice. They all got to play. But when it's down to the nitty gritty and you're down to two minutes left, a minute and a half left, a minute left, there was less than a minute left when this puck went in. Uh, I don't know about having Patrick Nemeth out there. I, I think you go with the top four. And again, it's nothing against Nemeth, really. I just think you've got four guys that are better options than that in Fox, Lindgren, Truba, and Miller. I mean, I, I think they've really kind of separated themselves. They're head and shoulders, the best four defensemen on this team. So just food for thought there. I'll be curious to see how the Rangers handle situations like that going forward. That's something we will definitely keep an eye on. Uh, let's see. Anything else we want to get to today? So, good face-off night for the Rangers. I did want to mention this. They actually won 53% of the draws, but it must be said that these are actually the two worst face-off teams in the NHL. The Rangers win 45.7% of their face-offs, while the Sabres win 45.4%. Actually, the Rangers, though, are tied for second worst in the NHL. The Panthers are also at 45.7%, but uh, regardless of who they're playing, nice to see them have a solid night on the face-off dot. And the other thing I want to mention here before we wrap up call today, uh, trade targets. This is kind of going to be an ongoing theme on this podcast going forward, right up to the trade deadline. And of course, you know, it's kind of an interesting situation where the Rangers are now in a position to be buyers this season. We haven't been used to that in recent campaigns. Uh, but be that as it may, what I'd like to do, and I've already heard back from a few of you guys, if there's anyone listening who wants to throw out a name, an idea, uh, anything related to a Ranger trade. Because, again, it's looking like they're going to be buyers. I'm curious to hear from you guys. And, of course, this is something we'll continue to talk about on the podcast. But if there's somebody out there around the league that you think could be had, that you think might be a buy-low opportunity, that you think might uh, you know fit in well with this Ranger team, whatever it might be, any idea, even if it's a little bit over the, over the top, a little bit out there, whatever it might be, send it my way. Uh, send me an email. DM me on Twitter. Do whatever you got to do. I think... Uh, We'll do at least one monthly episode where I kind of take a look at some of your guys' answers and just kind of offer my feedback as far as, you know, what I think about certain trade targets. Uh, so the Rangers, their next game is going to be against the Nashville Predators on Sunday. The puck drops at 7 p.m. for that game. 
And we, the plan right now is to do a crossover episode with Locked on Nashville Predators, and that will be the Tuesday episode. So uh, definitely looking forward to that. That will pretty much do it for today, though, guys. If you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. And definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time. Thanks for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It is free and available on all platforms.